Hi everyone, and welcome to the Final Whistle podcast from Southampton FC. I'm Kenzie Benali, and I'm Steve Forbes, and we're back again for post-match reaction to Southampton's one-nil defeat to Manchester City. Dean Hammond and Adam Leach are with us again. Dean, was one-nil a fair result today? No, I don't think it was a fair result. I think Southampton gave a really, really good account of themselves. Um, it was a very even game, opportunities for for both teams. Um, so I don't think it was a fair result. I really don't believe Southampton deserved to lose. Did they deserve to win? I'm not sure. Um, but I think a, a draw would have been a fair result. So some positives from the game. The younger players coming on, um, the managers showing the trust in them is, is a good thing. Um, and there's some, there's some definite encouragement um, going into the next game. So another good performance, but unfortunately didn't get the results today. Um, but no, it's been a, a superb start to the season. Yeah, well, Adam, we all hope that Danny Ings' injury wasn't too bad. That's going to be one of the main things that fans will be talking about on social media in the coming days, though. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people sweating on that. Obviously, he's such an important player for, for Saints, a real talisman for the team, obviously scores um, a lot of goals for them. Uh, yeah, and as soon as you see Danny on the pitch, on the floor, sorry, on, on the grass and holding his knee, I mean... I think everybody, all 2,000 in St Mary's and, and every Saints fan at home is holding their breath and, and hoping. Uh, I, it seemed to me it was probably not too bad, hopefully, and that it was precautionary. Danny knows his body very well, uh, I would say, and he knows what he can and can't tolerate around, especially around his knees where he's had such problems down the years. So I think uh, he's experienced enough to be sensible and to recognise that he doesn't want to be out for a long period of time if he can help it. So hopefully it was a case of, of just precautionary. But if he's not ready, well, you know, Shay Adams and Theo Walcott have struck up a good partnership when he was last out. So it's not it's not ideal, but it's also not the end of the world. Saints have options. Uh, and then if Theo has to go up top, they've got Stu Armstrong to bring back in. They've got Nathan Redmond, possibly. Even Nathan Teller who obviously played up front when Danny went off, but, you know, he's more naturally a slightly deeper lying player, more like a winger. So there's plenty of options there. Yes, you don't want Danny to be out, but, you know, if it's not too bad, Saints have shown already they can manage without him for, for short periods of time. So uh, so fingers crossed that, that he's OK and he's back fairly soon, if not very soon. Yeah, well, before we discuss today's match in a bit more detail, here's how the game panned out courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. As Edison puts a huge long clearance down the pitch and City were rushing towards it, Saints cleared it, but City have picked it up. They're quickest to the second ball and De Bruyne's got free. Pulls it back to Sterling. 1-0, unmarked, coming in off the left-hand side. It's been coming from Manchester City. Adams has done very well. Feeds Musa Ginepo. Again, he checks inside. He looks for a man on the back post, which is Walcott. And Walcott inside to Ings, who heads it wide, but it looks like a high kick to me on Theo, on Danny Ings. There was a quite a high boot as he went to head that. He wants it. VAR might look at it. Mike Dean has given the goal kick for the header. Bertram does well on the volley to find Walcott on the right. Into the penalty area. Loops it for a free header. And Ings just missed it. May have been Adams actually at the near post. He missed the initial header. And City behind him headed it behind for a corner. A couple of, uh, I think the Saints physios, doctors are out, Dave. Who's struggling? It looks like Ings. Oh dear. That's not good news. Danny Ings, it did look like they were looking at his knee area. He is coming off, and how about this for a substitution? Nathan Teller, and then McCarthy, bowls it out to Walker-Peters. 
and somehow he managed to nick it past the oncoming player and Saints on the counter and that stretch only as far as Adams who heads it out of play stuttering backwards on his heels it's a great cross from the right and the City defender played it up into the air there was no angle for Adams to work oh, with it's he a was difficult one going for Adams backwards. Ralph Harsnoodle and Pep Guardiola I think say well played to each other a really good high intensity high tempo tight game of football here to dissect that whole match with us now is Dean Hammond and Adam Leach. Welcome back, gents. Uh, we knew it was going to be a tough one tonight. Adam, what did you make of that game? Yeah, I mean, it was a tough game. I thought it was quite a high quality game, to be honest. And I think it actually underlined for me how far Saints have come this season that, that you know, Man City were... At the end, they were wasting time. They were desperately trying to run the clock down. At the end, they were you know, celebrating like they've gone five points clear at the top of the league. Some of the players, they look really jubilant. Um, and that that's a mark of respect for Saints and, and how well they've done uh, and how far they've come. I guess if, you, if you're going to be a little bit critical, you just say when you look overall this season at, at the t- time Saints have played the big teams, they've kind of given them all a real game and a real scare and they haven't converted any of those into a win which, given their form in the other matches, is perhaps a bit disappointing. And to come away with nothing, when arguably I think they probably did deserve something from this game, in my opinion, um, is a bit disappointing. But you've got to, you know, I feel like this season especially, you've really got to be taking the positives. And just to see, you know, how how far they stretched Man City, um, a team with such incredible quality, a club with such vast resources... Um, and losing Danny Ings and still being able to do that, I think, you know, credit to Saints. I, I think, I genuinely believe, though they might be a bit disappointed not to get anything, I think that they will come into training uh, for the week they've got ahead of Fulham pretty buoyant after that, after the kind of the way that they gave Man City a, a good game. I don't see this being a dent to them. So I think overall, shame we didn't get the result, but still a really positive day. Yeah, lots of positives to take from that one for sure, Dean, because Southampton really didn't make it easy for City tonight. No, they didn't. They gave them they gave a really, really good account of themselves. I thought the performance was was very, very good. Um, it was a very even game, to be honest. Um, if anything, I think Southampton were the better team. It's different when Man City are one up. They can kind of play a little bit deeper and play on the break. Um, but no, Southampton played very well and had them opportunities first half that we mentioned. There weren't clear-cut opportunities, but I think there was two headers within the first half where Shea just didn't quite get a connection on it. Vestergaard had a free header that he headed over within a short space of time. And they're just a little bit of details, the little moments that if you're going to beat the best teams, you kind of need to take. Uh, but no, they played very, very well and pushed Man City right to the to the last, last few minutes. Um, and like Adam said, you don't see many big teams like Man City coming to some mirrors and then playing out for time. You know, they're usually attacking right to the end, trying to score two, three, four goals. Uh, but no, they were very, very happy to come away with a victory at uh, St Mary's. So it just shows how far the, the team's come. Um, and I thought they played well. They were patient today. They were good in possession. They created half opportunities. And I enjoyed the fact that the manager was quite brave in his, his substitution decisions, bring the youngsters on, which was good and shows the trust he's got in them and, and the way that the club's moving forward and the philosophy of the football club. So some positives come out of today. Not the result that we all wanted, but Man City are a top team. And, and when Kevin De Bruyne and, and Sterling combined, 
that's the difference. That yeah. you know, Man City scored a really, really good goal. Now, well, scoreline aside, one of the main things that Southampton fans will be talking about is that injury to Danny Ings. Dean, how concerning just is that? Well, I hope it was a, a really sensible and educated decision by Danny where he maybe felt something in his knee and thought, OK, I'm not going to risk this. Um, I've been in this situation before. I'm just going to get myself out of the action, get myself off the pitch and hopefully it's settled down and it will be OK. But yeah, it's obviously a worry. It's a bit of a scare and you could see that the manager was was disappointed. Danny looked really, really disappointed. Um, and I actually think it probably happened when he had that opportunity with the header. Um, and kind of got knocked off balance um, potentially there. So hopefully he's okay. And I think that was the difference, really. Um, I think if he'd played second half, if he'd been fully fit, then half opportunities where the balls were flashing across the uh, the box um, when the crosses were coming on, Danny seems to be, he's that natural goal scorer. He would be in them position. So he may have converted one of those. So hopefully he's okay. But we've seen before when he's been injured, other players have come in and performed well. Um, so, you know, hopefully he won't be out for too long and it's just a sensible decision that a few days rest, a week's rest, he'll be OK. Adam, Dean said earlier that he enjoyed the fact that Ralph gave some youngsters a chance today. How interesting was it that Nathan Teller was the man to come on and replace Danny and how did he do for you today? Yeah, I, th I think it was really interesting and I, I must admit, I didn't call it. When Danny was down and then you kind of looked like he was coming off, I fully expected to see either Nathan... Uh, or Stuart Armstrong stripping off, uh, expecting Walcott to go and play up top with, with Adams and one of those guys to drop in. And I was thinking, oh, I'd really like to see Redmond, but Redmond, Gineppo, is that a bit much in those areas? I'm not sure. Maybe Armstrong's kind of against a team of City's quality is, uh, is the one to bring on. But then when it was Teller, I mean, I, I genuinely was quite uh, taken aback by that. And he did all right. I mean, I'm not, you know, it's a difficult situation to come into. In a way, there's no pressure on him in some in some regards. But um, I think the most encouraging thing was was that what you saw from him um, was that he played with the same kind of intensity um, that, that the more senior players do. And I think that's really important. It kind of goes to underline that Ralph is 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 spreading this message of the way he wants things done all the way through the club um, and even to the young players coming into the team and he executed that well he had one or two really great moments that fantastic ball that he put across the face of the uh, face of the six yard box was in the second half was was great maybe other occasions he was just kind of found out maybe a little bit over eager at times or, or just not quite um not quite having the quality at this stage to deal with but again you know to be able to exploit such you know, international class uh, experienced defenders. But overall, I think it was good. And it was good to see them get in a game. And it was good to see that Ralph was brave enough to go with whatever he thought was the best solution and not panic and just go take the easy option in a way, which is just to go, I'll just go with experience. Because Man City, I'll just go with experience. He, he kind of had the courage of his convictions. He talks up the young lads a lot. Um, and he proved he's going to back them by throwing them into to big, high-profile matches like that. So, uh, yeah, so I think I, I was surprised, but no complaints for me. And I think Nathan Teller can can go away and be pretty happy with his with his work because he, he certainly worked hard. 
Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and find out the severity of Danny's injury, but someone who will definitely be missing the trip to Fulham is Oriol Romeo, who picked up his fifth yellow card of the season. Dean, how big a miss is that going to be for that match on Boxing Day? Yeah, there's no hiding away from it. I think it will be a big miss. I think he's been um, excellent all season. He does um, everything you want a midfield player to do, um, especially the basics, very, very well. Um, he's, he performs at a high level and he allows he allows the attacking players to go and express themselves because he gives that disciplined cover. He understands the position he plays in. So he's been fantastic and he proved that again today, a really, really commanding and demanding um, performance. But it gives someone else an opportunity now. Maybe we can see Diallo come in and play. Um, you know, he's been waiting for his opportunity and we'll see how good he is now. So there's um, a lot of potential in him. He's been a good investment by the football club. And this is what happens in football. Uh, players get suspended, they get injured and other players get their opportunity. So this is why you have a squad. Uh, but no, he's definitely been fantastic and it was another good performance today. And look, who knows, maybe a little rest against Fulham is a good thing for him. He can refresh his legs because he has been quite demanding on him and James Ward-Prowse playing in that position. But he will be a miss. Um, but it was going to happen at, at some point because he, he does like a tackle and he does pick up a few bookings. Well, the fans are very much echoing the thoughts of both you, Dean, and Adam. Uh, very much impressed with the performance today. Carl uh, Bridge has said, very close game. Uh, I think Ralph and the boys should be happy with the performance. Uh, draw a line under it and we march on. Uh, Risa said, outstanding work ethic from everyone from today. Uh, Sue Pot has said, good performance for this game. We played better than City, but today it just wasn't our day. David, hello to you. He says, the closing minutes was when we missed the fans to get behind the team an adrenaline push to get the equaliser. Um, and we've also got a comment here from Robert. He says they gave it everything and you really can't ask for more. No, you can't. Well, Saints did go 1-0 down in the first half early on. But Adam, it wasn't all City in the first half, was it? Oh, certainly not, Steve. No, I mean, Saints, I mean, they started superbly. They really did start well. I mean, that first 10 minutes, 15 minutes maybe, they really had City under a lot of pressure. Uh, and City looked at that point like they, they weren't almost like they weren't quite expecting Saints to play in that way with that level of intensity. They didn't expect such pressing. I'm not sure why they wouldn't expect it, but they just looked caught a little bit cold. Uh, and Saints were very, very intense. I mean, the goal is, yeah, I mean, you could you could uh, pick apart a few bits of it, but it was, um, it was a very high quality goal uh, with two of the best players in the world right now um, combining to, to produce it. So you get caught occasionally against absolute world-class players. That just happens. And then you can, you can study the videos and you can find fault in it. But sometimes you do just have to say, well, actually the reason these guys are the best players in the world is because they are that good. And sometimes they just do things that are, that are very hard to defend against. You, you know, it's easy to watch back a replay and, and pick it apart but it's actually very hard to compete with those guys and so so credit to them but saints were competitive throughout in fact more than competitive throughout and probably felt pretty hard done by to be in at half time one nil down i would say um yeah i think i think it was a just such a shame like dean said when they had those just those little moments that they had during the game those those sort of chances that they just couldn't quite test Edison or, or get a shot on target, especially I think that the, the two Dean highlighted, the Shea Adams header, it's just, that was a really frustrating one because it was a great ball in from Walcott who spotted where he was going. The run was fantastic. He just held off that second, 
the uh, knowing that the, the left back had completely lost where he was, made a darting run behind the left back, straight in front of the centre half, and you just think, just get it, just get a clean header, and it's a goal. And and that was a frustrating one, as were Vestergaard's couple of headers. But uh, yeah, so probably didn't deserve to be one down at half time, but but I'm sure they went in pretty happy with with how things were going generally in terms of their performance. Dean, how did you rate the Saints in the first half? And also, what did you make of the appeals for a penalty on Danny Ings? Well, I agree with Adam. I thought they played very, very well first half. And uh, they started at such a high tempo and such a high press. It, it kind of shocked Man City um, for the first 10 minutes. But then, obviously, you knew uh, Man City were going to come into the game. Um, they started stringing some, some passes together, some combinations. Um, and then they grew into the game and scored a very, very good goal. But... No, Southampton would have been very pleased going into half-time with the, the chances they created, the opportunities they created. And they were half-chances. They weren't clear-cut. But against the top teams, you do have to take that. That Shea Adams opportunity, he, like Adam said, is a really, really good run. And I think he's shocked that the ball's there and kind of like he's free and he's he, he's not being competed against. There's no challenge on him and just doesn't get any contact with it. And, and, the, and, and Danny's header, I personally think... I'd be appealing for it if I was a player. I think it's it's fifty fifty whether it's a penalty. I, I was I was listening to the commentary and the and the referee made a a statement saying, "Well, he's he's got a clear header or a good contact on uh, the ball, and then he's fouled." But I don't see how that's not a foul because Danny will be aware of the defender, so he will change his body shape. He will change potentially. He may take his eye off the ball because he's feeling a challenge coming in. So I don't quite understand that how that ruling works. If Danny's on his own and he heads it and it goes wide and then he's contacted, that's different. But he's being challenged as he's headed the ball. So either way, you could say that's not a penalty or not, or it is a penalty. And I think it potentially could be a penalty, if I'm honest. Um, but I'm probably being biased because I want Southampton to, to win. So, But no, Southampton, first half, definitely held their own and, and could have been one or if not two, one up. Yeah, well, looking at the second half, Adam, Southampton seemed to have quite a lot of the ball, but that didn't really materialise into chances in the Manchester City penalty area. Yeah, I suppose that was, if there's a dis- you know a disappointment in, in the second half, it was that the kind of struggled to really create. I mean, Man City, having having got their lead, they were they were happy to sit back and play on the counter-attack. They, they kind of, it gave, having that lead gave them the opportunity to kind of dictate the way the game went tactically. Um, it, they were happy to to kind of keep the ball at the back and try and almost o- get Saints to overcommit for their press uh, and then try and just play through them quickly. And when you've got you know people with the pace of Sterling, then you you can you, and you've got the quality to to produce the passes to to find him, then you you can play that way really. Um, and yeah, that was probably the the slight disappointment. And maybe that I, I felt that a few times maybe that was where. The only downside of bringing on those young players showed a couple of times that just that bit of inexperience with the kind of final ball, final pass, cross, making a couple of runs. Uh, that was that was kind of just maybe just lacking with the with the younger players, especially against such high quality opposition. Um, and uh, obviously, we saw Gineppo go off again. It was another ugh, just a slightly frustrating performance. You felt like there was more from him in the locker than he actually produced. Uh, even Nathan Redmond came on. He had a couple of chances, but even he wasn't as quite as effective as he was the last couple of uh, substitute appearances he's made. So yeah, it didn't just didn't quite happen for Saints in in the second half um, in terms of it in the in the penalty area. But they kept plugging away, and and you know I think that 
you can only commend them commend them for that and say well you know that that goal from man city kind of did change the game massively because it just gave them that that ability to make it much much harder for saints to be able to create those chances yeah dean for you what was it that didn't quite click for saints in the city final third in that second period well i think uh southampton had a lot of possession um and they were patient with the possession which allowed uh, man city to get back into shape um uh, uh, on occasions and the first half, I mean, the biggest threat was the diagonal from Vestergaard, which was a fantastic pass. I mean, he's done it two or three times. And Man City became aware of that. Um, so they changed their... They didn't play quite as narrow um, second half. And I think it was just... Towards the end, they just ran out a bit of energy, to be honest. I mean, Theo Walcott was fantastic, I thought, today. He performed very, very well. But he got tired towards the end. Didn't quite have that extra yard of pace to get away. The substitution in terms of Nathan Redmond came on. Adam mentioned he had a couple of opportunities when he was fresh onto the field and wasn't quite up to speed. And and their opportunities, if he'd, if he'd been playing from the start, been on a bit longer, he potentially had a touch, move the ball again and then shot. So it was just a little bit of details. The ball's coming across the box. The strikers didn't quite make them runs and that could be down to fatigue and, and tiredness. And I think missing Danny, and what I mean by that is I think... Um, uh, Walker Peters got in some great positions today and for some reason he was a little bit negative didn't quite cross the ball at times when he could have done and I think if Danny was on the pitch he would have told him he would have demanded the ball got crossed into the box he would have made them runs and if Walker Peters um, or Redmond had not crossed them balls he would have let them know with un- no uncertain terms you cross the ball I'll make the runs if I'm not there that's not your fault and I just think that like Adam mentioned, a little bit of inexperience with the younger players they're not quite there yet to be able to demand that but that will come so it just like you say just didn't quite click but it was almost there and you've got to remember they're playing against Manchester City this is not against Sheffield United no disrespect to them or or Brighton this is against one of the best teams in Europe so there's still some positives to take from it. Well let's hear from Ralph Hasenhusel now here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. Yeah, I think it was a better game from our side than in the summer where we have won 1-0, I think today we played better, especially against the ball, it was much, much braver and, and uh, yeah, had a lot of pressure on them and uh, yeah, the lack was a little bit today, the quality in the, in the final third, the final passes, the final chances creating. We had a few ones, a few good ones, I think, it was always a few inches where they're missing, but they were defended also well in this area and so it was tough to score. But I think we did the maximum we can do. It is the third game in the week. Uh, we had one day less to recover. Uh, the effort the guys put in in the second half was unbelievable, really. Normally, um, the one down is just really hurting. And yeah, I think we, we did in the second half also a good job. Yeah, even the first half, I mean, started the game well, responded really well after their goal. It was kind of that five minute spell, wasn't it, from about 10 minutes where they seemed to do the damage? Yeah, I mean, we keep. We kept them very long away from the goal, but uh, yeah, you cannot do it all the time. So they had a few chances. This is normal, especially when you then take, take more risk and 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 stand higher. But yeah, what can I say? It's amazing what what uh, what we play at the moment and how we play it. It's also always controlled. Uh, in the second half, they were really defending their own box for yeah, a long time. <laughs> We didn't find a way through, but yeah, the rest was yeah, absolutely on the highest level we can play in the moment, I think. Well, putting this City game to one side then, the next time the Saints are in action will, of course, be on Boxing Day when they face Fulham. Adam, what are your early thoughts on that one? 
Well, I mean, it's um, it's another winnable game. I mean, what like when you look at the results now, as I mentioned earlier, you you there's a pattern that's emerged this season really um, for Saints to have got to the position they've got to, and that's that they basically won nearly all of the games that you look at and you think, well, they're winnable games, and then the ones that you think they're tougher matches, they've either lost or they've got a draw. Um, so, you know, on that basis, you feel like, well, they've been very, very efficient at outclassing uh, and outperforming the teams that are that are below them uh, in the table and, and that you expect to struggle a little bit more. So, I mean, obviously a lot or some some of it depends on, on Danny as well. Of course, we hope he's fit. Um, depends on what happens with Romeo being out. So I think there are a couple of question marks there that are that will need to be answered. Um, in terms of the the sort of depth of the squad. The rest of it's not too worrying. I mean, they've got a week before this game, so they've got a bit of time to recover after these three matches and then get ready to go again for another busy few matches. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Fulham are are an improving team, but they are a team that, that are very much there for the taking for a, a side of the quality that Southampton possess. I mean, they're not anywhere near a Man City and, you know, Saints ran Man City so close. Uh, I think there's a good opportunity for another three points. And I, I'm sure after, you know, it's been, I think it has still been a great run. Um, but one point from the last couple of games, albeit it's Arsenal or Man City, when you've played well, I think Saints will be really keen to go, OK, well, this is the one you kind of expect us to win. So let's make sure we get three points on the ball. Because if they keep on this season beating those sort of teams, consistently as they have so far they're going to remain in and around the upper echelons of the Premier League so I think it's a good chance for them. Yeah Dean I think it's fair to say that Southampton are the favourites going into this one but as we saw last weekend you know Fulham put on a great display against the current champions of the Premier League there really are no easy games in this league. No there's really not um, there, there's no easy games in the Premier League especially away from home and Fulham are um, a pretty decent team. And they're, like Adam said, the word he used there, they're an improving team. They're starting to understand what the Premier League is all about. I really like Scott Parker as a manager, to be honest. I like the way they play. And they, they've started to play with more of an intensity that you need to play with in the Premier League. So it'd be a tough game. But one thing Southampton have done well all season is react. When they've, they've lost a game or drawn a game, they've gen generally won the next game or performed very, very well. So they definitely go into favourites going into the game because of the position they are in the league and I think they'll be happy there'll be there'll be some frustrations and a little bit of disappointment because they've not got anything out of the game today but they should be happy as well they've pushed a, a top team um, right to the limits like they did against Manchester United when they lost 3-2 so the confidence will be high they've got a week's rest now they can recover um, they can look at the game in detail and I think they'll go into it thinking right this is three points we can we can get again and um, you know start after Christmas well, going to that really busy period with a really good result and three points. Well, that's it for today's podcast. The Saints will be back in action on Boxing Day where they face a trip to Fulham. So from myself, Kenzie, Dean Adam and the entire final whistle team, have a wonderful Christmas and we'll see you then.